Governor Tony Evers is hoping to spend some of the state's massive tax surplus on shoring up the justice system. The governor's proposal would spend $36 million to pay prosecutors and public defenders more across the board. Evers also wants to hire 50 more prosecutors and public defenders and increase the pay for elected district attorneys. The proposal seeks to add nearly 817 new full-time positions, of which 368 would be paid for with state money. The governor's proposal budget is now in the hands of the legislature's joint finance committee. State Representative Mark Bourne, who sits on that committee, says the state's priorities should not be creating more positions, but rather filling the vacancies that already exist. You know, let's focus on that starting wage, on the retention. I'm not saying that we won't add any. I want to look at where they're needed, what they are. Well, I doubt we'll add as many as he's suggesting because I'm very confident that we will not add 800 and some new um, positions to state government. But we will add in areas that we, that we have to add. Bourne says he grows suspicious of agencies that say they need more positions to help address their struggles when they have large vacancy rates. If you can't fill your current spots, why would I give you more? Let's first figure out how we can fix that and fix that by meaning either get those spots filled or if it's a different agency that maybe technology could help, can we do some upgrades to software and make this a less labor-intensive job or something like that? But um, certainly I am confident there will be investments in the courts in this budget. Bourne says that means investments into public defenders, district attorneys, and courthouses, as well as judges and the judiciary itself. The Beaverdam Republican adds that there are weaknesses that have been exposed. No more notable that when former Dodge County DA Kurt Klomberg resigned amidst staffing challenges, and at that time said his office had zero attorneys working full-time. A Juno man is accused of running from police. Kevin Haugen reports. Well, Tracy Froelich is facing a felony count of fleeing as well as a misdemeanor charge of resisting. According to the complaint, Froelich was driving while his license was revoked in November of 2021. A Juno police officer spotted him and pulled his vehicle over. Froelich reportedly provided another person's name when asked for his. The 66-year-old then allegedly put his vehicle in drive and sped towards his home address. Approximately 676 feet away. When Froelich reached his apartment, he reportedly ran for the front door, but an officer grabbed hold of him. A Froelich allegedly resisted a law enforcement commands, and a bystander had to help. Now, police had to eventually deploy a taser to take Froelich into custody. Look convicted, Froelich faces over three and a half years behind bars. An initial appearance is scheduled for April 3rd. And I'm Kevin Haugen reporting for WBEV. A Fond du Lac man is charged with resisting Dodge County authorities, which led to an injury for a deputy. Justin Bachman is facing a felony count of resisting an officer, causing a soft tissue injury. The incident started with a disorderly conduct call at 1850s Inn in Juneau during the early morning hours last Friday. According to the complaint, authorities later located Bachman lying in the Dodge County Administration Building parking lot. Deputies reportedly noted that his speech was slurred and his eyes were bloodshot. With the help of EMTs, Bachman was being helped to an ambulance when deputies say he grew increasingly agitated and was waving angrily towards first responders. He allegedly pulled away and resisted law enforcement's efforts to detain him. Bachman reportedly attempted to kick at an EMT as well as a deputy before he was taken into custody. During the scuffle, a deputy's hand was injured. If convicted, the 26-year-old faces up to six years in prison. A signature bond was set at $1,000 during Bachman's initial Initial court appearance and a preliminary hearing is scheduled for March 30th. 
Kenosha police are investigating after a video of a car salesman appearing to urinate on a woman's driver's license goes viral on social media. Here's Bob Haig. In a Facebook post, Leah Jefferson of Waukesha said it happened Sunday afternoon at NH Auto Sales in Kenosha. Jefferson said she left after a test drive and attempting to negotiate a price, but realized she'd not gotten her license back. She said she was told by the salesman that he wouldn't be back in the office until Monday and was then alerted by an Instagram user that salesman Brian Slavin had posted a Snapchat video in which he appears to bend her license and urinate on it. Bob Haig, Wisconsin Radio Network. In a Facebook post of their own, Kenosha police called the action disgusting, but warned against any acts of retaliation. The University of Wisconsin Extension Dodge County is giving farmers across the area an overview of agricultural carbon credits. There are two key concepts at the core of carbon markets, additionality and permanence. University of Wisconsin Extension Dodge County crops and soil educator Will Fullwider explains. So there's this idea of called additionality, and that's that they only pay for new practices. And so you can you need to make the change in order to store carbon. You can't pretty much pay a person that's already been doing no-till for 20 years because it needs to be a new practice in order to kind of make that change. Fullwider says it's tough because some farmers have been doing no-till for 20 to 30 years think they can cash in. His advice to farmers is to read their contract all the way through before making a change from no-till to a different practice of storing carbon. There's a lot of different aspects of it, like this idea of permanence, that the carbon needs to stay in the soil for a long period of time. And it might have kind of restrictions on land use in the future, which could change the value of your agricultural land if you go to sell or retire or what have you. So there's lots of issues at place that you need to consider if you're going to look at carbon credits. So I would definitely recommend reading your contracts. Fullwider says that carbon credit companies are only sampling 30 centimeters, but it could change in the future. People in the Wapaka area are being asked to look out for a bald eagle after the bird was spotted with an arrow in its abdomen last Tuesday. Raptor Education Group Director Marge Gibson says the fact that the eagle has survived this long is a good sign. The fact that she pulled it out herself and is able to fly, those were good signs. And we're just hoping that we can get her into rehab and clean up the injury and get her into some, you know, the physical therapy that she's going to need following this. The DNR continues to investigate the shooting of the eagle with the arrow. More than 13,000 skiers participated in nine Birkenbeiner events in Hayward, held Wednesday through Saturday. Carl Cooley has more. In women's 50-kilometer skate technique race, Elena Sonneson of Minneapolis took first with a finish in 2 hours, 25 minutes, and 36 seconds. David Norris of Colorado took first in men's skate with a finish in 2 hours and 5 minutes and 40 seconds. Last year's men's champion, Gerard Agnelet of France, came in second at 2 hours and 8 minutes on borrowed skis after losing his own. In women's 53-kilometer classic technique, Julie Enzrud of Minneapolis placed first with a finish in 3 hours, 14 minutes, and 18 seconds. For men, Scott Hill of Canada took first with a finish in 2 hours, 52 minutes, and 9 seconds. The 50th annual Slumberland American Berkebiner will be held February 21st through 25th, 2024. I'm Carl Cooley. 
Another Fox Valley community is allowing backyard chickens. Menasha residents will be allowed to raise backyard chickens. The Common Council tied at four in a vote on a new ordinance last week with Mayor Don Merkis casting the tie-breaking vote. Appleton, Fox Crossing, Harrison, and Nina, all of our surrounding neighbors, have determined and shown that their residents can be responsible and own chickens. I also believe that our, our residents can be responsible. The Menasha Chicken Ordinance will go into effect on April 1st. Those keeping the birds will have to get a license from the city. The Beaverdam Administrative Committee also recently discussed an ordinance change that would allow residents to care for chickens inside city limits. The committee ultimately decided to keep the ordinance prohibiting chickens unchanged. The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation is sending over a million dollars to local business incubators. WEDC COO Sam Rickers says those local groups have a much better connection to potential small businesses than state officials. Our partners there are way closer to the entrepreneurs in that community. And so when we're working through those partners, we're closer to the entrepreneurs. Groups getting that funding include MC Devco in central Wisconsin, the UW-Madison Extension in West Allis, and the Five Lakes Institute in Milwaukee. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at dailydodge.com.